It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And it is about time that I get on and talk about Mick McCarthy, Winston Moss, and then do a little preview of the Falcons. So this is usually a 10-minute takedown, 10-minute Thursday, you know, Thursday, 10 minutes. That usually ends up being 40 minutes or 20. Um, so... I guess it's probably going to be an extended episode, not unless I can squeeze in the legacy of Mike McCarthy into about four minutes, Winston Moss into about one, um, and then sort of crack on with the Atlanta Falcons. But in all fairness, the news broke. Do you know what? It takes time to do analysis of games and and write stuff down and come up with opinions and, and delve into it. But I said, because the game was on at six last week, I'll dive on and, you know, do my analysis during the game and gather up all this info. And I thought it was a great outlet altogether. And I got on and do the podcast. And it's the one day. The one day in over, what is it, like a dozen years that they decide to um, sack the head coach. Yeah. Cheers for that, Mark Murphy. So with this Mike McCarthy situation, we saw an awful lot of things happening. But it falls generally into a couple of categories. Number one, um, people are celebrating and saying, yes, brilliant, you know, and all the rest. To be honest, I think it's a bit crass. Um, that's my opinion. Not telling people how to feel and all the rest. But come on, I've done podcasts in the past when everyone was calling for his head and, and trying to highlight that it wasn't all his fault and blah, blah, blah. And when I've been breaking down the game, sort of the reason why I've been doing it is because is it's quite evident that it's not all on Mike McCarthy. Aaron Rodgers is the fourth best quarterback per pro football focus in the league. But we can see that, Jesus, he'd be stratospheric if he was to make some of the throws that he wasn't making. Particularly in that Cardinals game, was a bit odd. Um, I found his body language weird. I found the interviews after the game weird. I found his play during the game weird. Um, you know, which doesn't help because now Green Bay are under the microscope and there's, everyone's micro-analyzing everything that he does, um, which I'll get into. So the other thing that happened was is people were saying, you know, fair play to Mike McCarthy and... Well, I don't care what anyone says, I respect him. As if that's some sort of random weird thought. The thing is, you know, it's like TripAdvisor, for instance, is, can be good or bad. They try to encourage you with um, badges to look if you contribute 10 reviews, well, then we'll whatever. And I think that's solely just because to stop people from leaving crap reviews. Because most of the time when you go on and comment on anything, You'll, you'll see this most of the time, like, oh, usually I wouldn't comment on this type of thing, but I, I feel I have to now. And that's when people are annoyed. So certainly you can't use Twitter, Facebook, or any of these social mediums um, as a good marker as to what people are feeling deep inside. Because sometimes people only tweet when they're annoyed. You'll get the useless, I love toast, it's my life, you know, but most of the time people only tweet, uh, I you know, with such venom, I guess, and, and start getting on to press conferences of Mike McCarthy and banging on, oh, you're still here, oh, if you leave, you know, um, when he was a good servant for the Packers. Now, what I will say is, is that, you know, when looking into stats and all the rest, and I'll, I'll go through sort of a, a laundry list and try to keep it interesting, um, but he did a lot for the Packers, albeit it was 
it all came to an end, I guess, last year with the injuries and all the rest. Um, and I've got a bit of a theory about that as well. But before I get into it, let me just say, and I'm not going to do this thing, let me just say, thanks, Mike McCarthy. He's not listening, right? And anybody else who does that, thanks, Mike, for whatever. You're literally talking to a crowd of people without adding the person. Like, send it to Mike, okay? Or his family. Be nice. And don't just bang it out on Twitter as if someone's listening. Anyway, there's only been three coaches in the Green Bay Packer history who've brought us to the Super Bowl and won one. Vince Lombardi, Mike Holmgren, and Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy did it. And one of the criticisms that I see is, oh, it was ages ago, you know, it's, a lot has gone on since then. That's true. And it's a build-up of things. And again, let me delve into a theory um, after this. Um, he sits fourth in NFL history in regular season wins in the first 12 years as an NFL coach, only behind Don Shula, Tony Dungy, and Joe Gibbs. He won four consecutive division titles up to 2014 and six in 12 years it's the second most in franchise history he's second on the list of overall wins um ahead of vince lombardi and mike holmgren and he's behind lambo but you have to bear in mind lambo was coach of the team for 28 years from 1921 to 1949 it's no mean feat 135 wins most in the nfc since 2006 and the third most in the nfl as a whole he was one of the fastest coaches to reach 100 wins. And he is the most 11 or 12 win seasons in franchise history by any coach. And the only coaches that beat him with 10 plus wins in NFL history is Bill Belichick and Andy Reid, the Walrus. He's the second coach in NFL history to lead his team uh, to win the Super Bowl after three road games and as the sixth seed. That's a very exact stat. <laughs> very exact and precise um his record of 135 wins 84 losses and two ties um is the third highest winning percentage among current nfl coaches albeit he's not current now uh, which is mike tomlin and bill belichick and along with new england uh, the packers were the only team to make the playoffs eight years in a row and the only nfc nfc team to do it um and with the eight appearances in the postseason that was more than all of the other NFC North teams put together. So the Vikes had three, the Bears had one, and the Lions had three. And lastly, and I won't try Boris anymore, Mike McCarthy was only one of four coaches to do it, to get a team into the playoffs eight years in a row. And he has esteemed uh, a presence there, Bill Belichick, Chuck Knoll, and the good old Tom Landry. So some good company for Mike McCarthy. Now what I will say is, is that he was a fantastic coach, but stuff got stale. Unfortunately it got stale between his play calling, his staff, his players. It's It really is everything coming together. Ted Thompson, for his last couple of years as GM, it's well documented that those drafts were not very good. And some people will offer that Ted Thompson's drafts throughout the years weren't all that great. On top of that, in my opinion, and again, qualify with this that I'm a leprechaun, but from looking at his coaching staff, um, to couple with that, I mean, you need sort of regular movement most of the time to, to keep things sexy and exciting, you know? Um, now, again, you can do the analysis on that and you can get down to New England and all the successful franchises to see, but eventually things get stale. 
if you see the likes of Andy Reid, I mean, he's on that list of one of the top coaches. But we saw how he got booted out of Philadelphia and now he's doing really well with Kansas City. I've no doubt Mike McCarthy will go on to a team and will do well. Because what he will give that team is something new, a fresh perspective and he'll have fresh coaches and a new challenge. And if he picks that team right, well then he could do very well. Now, there's an article out there, um, article out there about a podcast actually. Uh, and Jeff Reinbold says that he wouldn't touch the Packers job. And that if he was anybody, he'd go for the Browns job because they're stacked with talent and all the rest. And he also refers to the Packers fan base as being unrealistic. And at first I was angry. I was like, really? But then, yeah, it's, it's kind of true. I guess we're unrealistic. You're unrealistic. The fan base out there are wildly unrealistic. And there's some absolute fanatics out there as well who expect us to to win the Super Bowl every year now what I will say and again I promise to do a podcast and what really annoys me is when people say we have Aaron Rodgers so we should be in the Super Bowl and winning it every year it's so ridiculous um so I won't get into that can of worms it's not true and it never has been true um so I'll delve into that another time I guess but and really what I mean is is that if you look at the defensive side of the ball um an awful lot of those coaches were let go Mike Petton was brought in Dom Capers was let go a couple of years too late and we kind of missed that window of sweetness, let's say, that we really had the opportunity to do well and we've seen it stagnate in a major way this year, which is odd as well. And that's what I mean, like Mike McCarthy is a good coach, but it just got stagnant. I've referred to it before being like a relationship, you know, where you can have two people and they've been together for years and years and years. Like eventually you kind of fall into a rut with certain things and, you know... You can't get the guy to go out and go for a jog. You know, he's sort of sitting down eating Doritos all day. But if he was, you know, on his own or with somebody new, maybe they'd put that pep into him. Let's, let's bring it here. George Clooney. George Clooney would never get married. And people said he just will never get married. It's just the dude he is. And all of his relationships, they all broke up. I'm getting really caught. Real TMZ. I'm giving you a bit of Hello Magazine here, lads, for Christ's sake. You know, here's a dude who just with everybody else, just no, not for me. I was tainted by it. And then all of a sudden he meets someone and they click and he gets married and has kids. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, and like Mike McCarthy might be sitting there looking at, you know, Aaron Clooney and saying, Jesus Christ, that's what I wanted you to do. That's what I was telling you to do. And you wouldn't do it for me, but you'll do it for someone else. And that's kind of the way this is. It's just, it's human relationships. But look, Mike McCarthy... A good coach, the stats say that. People are going to try to say, oh, well, he had Aaron Rodgers, what they expect. It's it's not um, it's not a guarantee that you're going to do well just because you have Aaron Rodgers. There's plenty of really fantastic quarterbacks out there um, and they're, they're on teams that have never won anything. Um, if you look at the likes of Drew Brees, like this is a, they're always sort of down as a perennial Super Bowl favourite. They're like the Packers in that way. But again, another narrative out there in Packerland is like, oh, people want Sean Payton for the job. Uh, and how come Drew Brees and Sean Payton don't get smashed over the, the amount of seven and nine seasons that they've had, um, which is true. But that's the thing. You know, you can have Hall of Fame quarterbacks uh, and Drew Brees has broken nearly every record in the books just for longevity, the, how long he's been playing the game and how many yards he puts up every year. Doesn't mean they make it to the Super Bowl every year. You know, there's certain narratives out there that sound true, but they aren't. If you're a good quarterback, you win the Super Bowl. It's wrong. The Packers are one of the most banged up teams in the NFL every year. It's wrong. The amount of teams, and again, I might couple that with the, you know, the good quarterbacks make it to the Super Bowl podcast. Um, my brother-in-law is a, a Washington Redskins fan. 
and he sent me a, a tweet or a link to say that they've placed 44 players on IOR. They've had, they're on their third quarterback. Their first two broke their legs. So, you know, could be worse. So yeah, good coach. Potent offenses in his tenure. Um, and what I like about him as well was is that Mike McCarthy, the man, um, I think he was affable. I think that he protected his team at all costs. I never saw him, that I can remember anyway, blowing a top or, you know, getting angry at one of his players in the media and blasting him. Whereas you would get Aaron Rodgers the odd time coming out. A guy, very cerebral, very clever, but he'd come out with some clangers. And, you know, there was one this season about Devontae Adams. And, you know, if he was being so talented, why didn't you target him? And he's like, well, it wasn't in the game plan. And we tried to do it more. You know, and people took that as that was him criticizing Mike McCarthy. Um, so, yeah, and I've already kind of mentioned the bad things about his tenure. You know, he's keeping people around too long. Uh, his play calling became highly questionable at times. You know, he'd get a lead and he'd sit on the lead or it'd be ultra conservative and all the rest. And more more than anything else, his message got stale. So there was all of this stuff coming out this week about, you know, Jeff Saturday saying uh, that Mike McCarthy used to call a play and Aaron Rodgers would be rolling his eyes at him and all the rest. Now, to a degree, that's on Aaron Rodgers if it's true. Um, and second off, the worst thing you can have as a manager or a coach is to lose credibility. And the person who's meant to be leading your team sort of adhering to that loss of credibility by rolling his eyes or sort of belittling you in front of people. You know, if if you're a manager or a director or an MD of a company and, you know, your main guy, your main contact that you feed all your info to to lead your team is rolling his eyes and taking the piss out of you, um, you know, you wouldn't want to have that guy around and he'd be very difficult to deal with. Now, that's if any of this is true, but, you know, it's come out before that, you know, Aaron's a prima donna um, was one of the phrases used this week. Look, I don't question for a minute that Aaron Rodgers might be difficult to work with. But not because he's a bad person or he's a bad player or he's a bad teammate. Um, he functions at an extremely high level. And anybody who functions at a really high level at any profession tends to be difficult to deal with. And that's the trade-off that you have to take with someone who's so good at what they do. It would be great if Aaron Rodgers was humble and tom brady like or alex smith like and all the rest but this is a people game and people are going to be different and if he is contrary and he is arrogant and all the rest um it's just part and parcel of his genius let's say it's dangerous too and i understand that that if now he's come out so many times in the media and i'd say he's getting really annoyed now by the media who keep asking him is your fractious relationship the reason why McCarthy left? And he came out with that question and said, oh, well, I hope not, which kind of alluded to that there was a there was an issue in the relationship. But then he came out again and said that he loves the guy. He doesn't have to defend him. And, you know, he went into that. He talked to him on a Thursday. The meetings would go between half an hour to four hours and they talk about life and all the rest. Something wasn't working. And it's up to Mike McCarthy as the coach to figure out what wasn't working. Similarly, in your job, if you manage people, if your staff don't respect you, A, there's probably indicators there and you need to, you know, get on that and as a coach, motivate your staff because the, the, you know, the textbook definition that we're all given in business school is, you know, management is achieving results through people. I'm not saying Mike McCarthy isn't a good coach, but the thing is, is that you have to keep on top of these type of things and obviously that hasn't happened. Now, another thing that's concerning, and this is what I sort of said of, you know, these results with McCarthy and it's been a long time coming and with him keeping people around that he shouldn't have like Dom Capers and all the rest. 
Um, which again I sympathise with Capers a bit because of he's being fed defensive players in the wrong position. He's trying to put you know a, a square piece in a round hole, um, you know by giving safeties and he's he's trying to convert them to cornerback and all the rest. So that comes down to the GM to a degree too. Um, over the years and on top of that, like what's out of the GM's hand is is just where we landed every time with our draft picks. So I know that there's a con- you know there's a contingent out there who say it doesn't matter where you draft it's it's how you draft and all that and that's very true but at the same time you know it's it's no surprise like for instance if you, if you get a player in the top 10 he's usually a standout player who's proven in college and there's a reason why he's there it doesn't always translate and i get that but the later you pick the more of a chance you have of picking up somebody who isn't that top caliber now you can there's a million different players who came in undrafted or in the late rounds that have became something but they're always seen as kind of the underdog story for a reason. And in fact, sometimes the counter is true is that you don't really stand out in college for whatever reason, because everybody has a billion different reasons, a billion different stories, but you might be more suited to the pro game. But anyway, I digress. So there was a number of different reasons there and Mike McCarthy's success was early on in his tenure. And the really dangerous part of last year was that we lost so much. Now, what that does to a fabric of a team is, is it, is it gets that team used to losing. And what we always heard about Green Bay was, is that when someone went into the building or they were around the team or around the locker room, they always got the sense that this was a team that expected to win, had to win, and the expectations were high. Now, Aaron Rodgers gets injured and goes down. Brett Hundley comes in. And it's an unmitigated disaster. There's criticism leveled at Mike McCarthy because Brett Hundley wasn't ready and he's meant to be the quarterback guru and all this type of stuff. But this the season goes to pot. But outside of the, the coaching, the impossibilities of like multiple injuries and your star quarterback in a system that's kind of predicated on him making plays when they break down, is that the team get that mentality of losing and everyone starts to become a bit, you know, gripey and they blame each other and finger pointing and it starts to bring in some toxic behavior into the locker room. And that is one of the number one problems. And I think that's evident now that what the Packers are trying to do is, is try weed out that from the locker room, do a bit of an overhaul and bring back that winning mentality. We can see that in... Uh, Ty Montgomery being let go because he's comments about the locker room. Haha, <laughs> Clinton Dix being let go because, you know, his contract is going to be up. They're going to get nothing for him anyway because it was quite clear they weren't going to keep him around because of his poor play and his poor play and what he was like in the locker room with pointing fingers. And um, we can see that with the likes of, you know, Mike McCarthy's going, you sort of cut off the head and you try, you know, revamp the, the organization. Um, and then let's get on to the, the elephant in the room here, Winston Moss. Now, I did a podcast about Winston Moss a couple of months ago in the preseason after that really bizarre interview that he did with the media. So what I would say is there's a caveat here about how Winston Moss and what's been written about him in the media. And that's because he mugged off an awful lot of the media personnel at that press conference. Um, so I understand why they have a gripe with him uh, because he was rude and unprofessional. Um now, I sort of proffered at the time. I don't know what happened or why he was annoyed. Uh, Jason Wilde asked him what was going on. And that's when he came out with that famous line, I can't help you, which I then did a rap song about. 
um, which actually I'll, I'll pop that rap song at the end of the podcast. It's always fun to play. So I thought that was like heavily unprofessional. And what I did say at the time was, is that it's heavily unprofessional. Is that a thing? It's a thing now. Is that this is a guy who's gone for head coaching jobs. It's not going to bode well for him if he's going out giving people the silent treatment when he's supposed to be doing media. It's, it was just odd. It was just really, really odd. And there was all this talk about him not returning to Green Bay, but then he was brought back even after all of the other um, you know, defensive coaches were let go, which is a strange one because he was the linebacker coach and the linebackers have been absolutely re- just super poor for a number of years now except for the standout performance of Nick Perry when he got his contract and he's kind of been anonymous since and um, between injury. So then he gets made the assistant head coach and linebackers coach. And after Mike McCarthy is fired and we see that Winston Moss and Mike McCarthy, it was like his right-hand man. He comes out with this tweet. This is, this is, I'll read it in entirety. Ponder this, dot, dot, dot. What championship teams have are great leadership, period. It's not the offensive guru trend. It's not the safe trend. Find somebody that is going to hold 12 and everybody in this building to a Lombardi standard, period. Losing sucks. Now, there's been an awful lot written about this and, and people have flogged this to death here. Um, so let me give my take. Winston Moss wasn't sacked because of a tweet. I think... When you have a guy who is as, he looked volatile in that um, press conference. I'm sure he's a badass. Um, He's very straight to the point. And I'm sure that he wouldn't be scared to knock heads, which is potentially what could have happened uh, behind the scenes. When you have a guy who is um, assistant head coach, and when the head coach goes and that assistant head coach doesn't become head coach, maybe that was an issue. Um, and I'm pretty sure there's other stuff going on behind the scenes which was leaked out with this tweet that had a knock-on effect as to why he was let go. I'm pretty sure he would have been let go at the end of the season anyway, and I'm sure this was a long time coming. I reckon that when Gudekunst and Mark Murphy sat down and sort of pondered the head coaching change, you know, it probably went an awful lot deeper than head coach. I'm, I'm pretty sure what you're going to see is, and this is my prediction, is that and now again before the Arizona game I'd even I'd even said that if they lose to Arizona you know it, it was a definite possibility that Mike McCarthy could go as unpacker like as that was and that's not kind of a humble brag and I pat myself on the back here um but yeah I, I thought it definitely could happen what I think it is is that Winston Moss this is just a consequence of the situation in Green Bay that he was likely going to be gone anyway and so with this tweet it was kind of like well let's do it now and maybe as well as that, maybe he was disgruntled behind the scenes because he, he went up to management and said, hey, I'm the assistant head coach. Philbin's in there now. Like, when do I get a look in? I mean, what, what you know, where's my where's my place? And they told him, it's out the door. P45, see you later. Now, he subsequently released a tweet after that saying, the Packers have informed me that they're letting me go. Thanks, Twitter. So, again, let's go back to the original tweet. People are saying, in the media and fans, that what he said was correct. So he's saying that championship teams have great leadership. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, it's not the offensive guru trend. It's it's not the safe trend. I don't really know what that means. I think 
it's contradictory, I guess, with with popular opinion because Sean McVeigh would be seen as an offensive guru, a young offensive guru, and he brought in Wade Phillips to be his defensive mind, an old guy, old school, showing that an old defensive mind still works. And they've got a super dominant team. So, not strictly true there, Winston, on that. And I don't know if it's that's the safe trend. Um, certainly when you have Aaron Rodgers when he was putting up ridiculous numbers and the defense sucked, well then, you know, we were still winning a lot a lot of those games. And yes, it was tough and no, it wasn't sustainable. And we've seen that happen now when it's came crashing down. Um, but certainly when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, one of the top wide receivers in the game in Devontae Adams, let's face it. You know, Jimmy Graham in there, Aaron Jones, who's the 12th best running back in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. I mean, you have an awful lot of things to work on offense. Um, you know, your defense has improved as well. But anyway, let's not get too bogged down. And find somebody who's going to hold 12 and everybody in the building to the Lombardi standard, period. So it's about holding people to account, and I'd agree with that as well. Now, the problem with his tweet is, is that he's kind of... A, he, well, this, there's two ways to take it. Number one, that he's just stating the obvious. Of course. Aaron Rodgers even came out and said that he'd ask Mike McCarthy to hold him to account. He's even said it himself. It's not shocking that he said that he wants 12 held to account. What people are reading into the tweet was, is that he was criticising um, Mike McCarthy potentially, Joe Philbin potentially, and Aaron Rodgers potentially by saying that he wasn't being held to account. Now, what again, another narrative out there is that, oh yeah, well he's right because no one is holding Aaron Rodgers to account. How do you know? How do you know he's not being held to account? You see bad throws and you see bad performances by Aaron Rodgers. And just because you see the bad performance, you think he's not being held to account because he does it again. Like, he probably... Like, I, I don't know either. <laughs> okay? You know, I just don't think... It, you can come out and say, oh, yeah, well, you know, he's obviously not. Like, maybe he is, and, you know. And he holds himself to account as well. To a degree. I know it's not good enough, but I mean, he comes out and says, I made bad throws. So that at least shows that he's hard on himself too. And he'll come out in the media and take the blame for it. Albeit, you know, he's in games tossing his head up and rolling his eyes and all the rest. You know, but as I said, you don't know whether he's doing that at himself. as if to say, I do it all the time. Jesus Christ, Stephen. Really? You know, after I make a mistake or whatever. So who knows? And I just don't think that's true. You know, everyone dives on and becomes a becomes an expert. I'm not an expert. Having a rash. But the problem was, is that Winston, who was assistant head coach, linebackers coach, implied in his tweet one thing. And maybe that's enough. And I think that in this day and age, uh, Twitter is a very attractive place to be for some people. And it's, you know, you can reach directly to the fans and to admirers and to people you hate or whatever you want to do. But it has its dangers. And this is one of them. And that thanks Twitter you know, you can take that. Who knows what he means by that either, you know, like and how it's meant to be taken. Is he thanking Twitter because, you know, he'd marched into Gudekunst's office and said, here, pal, what's going on? And he got sacked and went, oh, great, thanks, Twitter, for, for releasing me and setting me free so he didn't have to quit. And maybe he leaves with a big fat paycheck, who knows? Or was it thanks, Twitter? <laughs> As if to say, oh, yeah, cheers, you got me sacked, you know, when no one forced him to write this tweet. But what I found odd was, is that out of all of this, the only thing people could focus on was that he said that they're letting me go. T-H-E-R-E. <laughs> and people jumped out like, oh, coach, grammar. I'm like, the dude's just after saying he's been sacked. 
and you're talking grammar. So anyway, I guess that's my take on on Mike McCarthy. Um, Joe Philbin, nice guy coming in to take over. You know, they sort of said to him, do you feel bad about it? And he said, no, that's my job, which is fair enough to him. You know, he's he's asked to do a job. He's going to step up into head coach. He's not going to get Mike McCarthy rehired, so he might as well go and make a stab at it. His aspirations surely are to get back to a head coaching position anyway. Now, whether this is an audition for the Packers, like people have been saying, um, I don't know. But I get on and preview really quickly the Falcon game because I guess to a degree we're in junk time now. Uh, with this but i'm going to give you a couple of reasons why we might see some special stuff in this next game so the falcons are a pretty bad team like these are two teams that were in the nfc championship game uh you know two years ago and oh my god how have they fallen four wins for both teams the falcons have lost eight packers are four seven and one um so it's insane that we're we're here at this juncture and atlanta at that stage you know we got absolutely buzzsawed uh, by the Falcons so it's it's funny to see you know the Falcons coming in and we're I think it's something like what is it it's either between three and ten point favorites in this game now it's at home um it's in Lambeau forever that's worth but obviously we lost to the Cardinals it's it's why McCarthy you know was the final coffin uh nailing the coffin for McCarthy is why we lost last week so we can't take it for granted but Vegas, for what it's worth, have said that this is going to be over a 50-point game. So they're expecting, you know, both offenses to put over 25 points um, on the other. Um, the Falcons defensively are a pretty bad team. And offensively, they're also pretty bad in an awful lot of reasons. Now, I've looked at pro football focus um, and, I've, and I've went in and looked at the different position groups. But I, just from looking at it, I didn't need to delve that deep to realize that the Falcons pretty much suck on both sides of the ball. Um, their defense ranks 26th in pass coverage and pass rush grades which means that Aaron Rodgers is going to have plenty of time behind the O-line he's going to be able to run around and do his thing he's going to be re-energized allegedly uh, from Mike McCarthy going which I pull into question here because Joe Philbin they asked him during his press conference who's going to be calling plays and he says that he is and they said to him did you do that in Miami and he said no so the last time that Philbin called plays in a meaningful game was in Northeastern in the 1995 and 96 seasons. And he's going to be taking over as a play caller in Lambeau on Sunday. I don't know how that's going to go. And I don't know what type of free reign that Aaron Rodgers is going to have from a team management perspective. But what I will say is, is that this game... Um, and again, I'm going to say we should win it because there's enough literature out there that when you sack the head coach, um, that the team after that point performed pretty well. That's for a number of reasons. Um, I've heard people say, you know, psychologically, it's the players coming out and they play more to A, impress the new coach. That one's obvious. But B is to show that the problem wasn't me, that it was the head coach. And that's what sort of puts more pressure on the players and Aaron Rodgers in this game is that if they play well, they can come under criticism because they're like, why couldn't you play like that for Mike McCarthy? Um, but also, you know, it, it's kind of, it's them putting their hands up as if to say, it's, it wasn't my fault why it went pear-shaped in the beginning. It was the play call that I was being fed. It was the motivation of the team and all the rest. So I don't know how it's going to go and what type of autonomy Aaron Rodgers is going to have. But what I will say is, is that this offense fires on all cylinders when A, the wide receivers can get separation. 
uh, when we're in the no huddle and hurry up offense. And also when Aaron Rodgers can improvise is when we're best because we've seen that last year when he went down that we were sort of floundering. Um, and we've seen this year that when the games have come down to crunch time and Aaron Rodgers has to try pull back a win, magic happens because the game is fast, he makes quick decisions, and when the play breaks down and he has to make the throw, otherwise the game is over, you know, by and large, he's he's a, you know, he's an absolute expert at it. So with the Falcons' defense ranking so poorly in pass rush, means that Aaron Rodgers will be able to do all that. So this game might end up really well, and people are going to go, oh, see, it was Mike McCarthy all along, when really had the stead an next, you know, one more game, maybe things would have worked out differently. So seven different quarterbacks have thrown for over, you know, three touchdowns or more against the Falcons this season. So you'd fully expect Aaron Rodgers to have a good day. Um, Philbin calling the plays. Let's see what happens with that one. But Packer-wise, there's a caveat there because we lost to the goddamn Cardinals last week. The Cardinals had this, the second worst rushing attack in the NFL coming into that game and they still put up 182 yards. The Falcons have the worst rushing attack in the NFL, even worse than the Cardinals. So I'd fully expect in this game for them to put up 150 yards and look like studs. I just think that, you know, we have to be careful here. Uh, you know, they have Julio Jones who's put up ridiculous numbers um, again this season albeit his touchdown ratio isn't favorable and um, for some strange reason it's a it's a really weird anomaly you know they, they have a potent offense i like philbin says they're a pretty fast team they've averaged 79 yards per game all season on the ground so they can't get their play action going but if that changes on sunday we might have a hard day because we don't know whether to stack the box um on the rushing attack if they start getting purchase but it was a pretty dismal effort last week so you can never say that you know this is a given this week so we'll see what happens but it's interesting times in green bay the head coach is gone the interim is in there and god knows what's going to happen now my prediction of what's going to happen is is that brian gudekunst is going to absolutely clear house we already seen some of that um last year when he cleared out a couple of players that people weren't expecting and i would reckon that there's going to be another um Let's call it, the team's going to get gutted or gooted um, in the offseason. And I reckon you'll see an awful lot of big name players with big salaries going. And we will be in rebuild mode. Because I've said it before a billion times. This team is in rebuild mode. And our, our wins now are reflecting it. We're going to have a high draft pick. We're going to have the Saints draft pick, which isn't looking like a great one. It's looking like a, a late round pick. So, yeah, there's going to be crazy stuff happening. And maybe some of that salary cap space that we're going to free up from letting some of these veterans go might be used in free agency then to try rebuild something special and that will all center around the head coach now uh, peter jones who writes articles for the website they're absolutely fantastic you have to check them out he's a super knowledgeable guy and um, he sent along a really great head coach you know sort of prospects sheet for who the Packers could be looking at and he's got it numbered by age and the highest position that they've held and how likely they are to be hired by the Packers and it's some really good stuff so hopefully uh, myself and Peter will be breaking down some of those head coaching prospects and getting into the, the nuts and bolts of them and seeing how suitable they are or not but one thing that I will say is is all of this talk about well there's two things really 
is Mark Murphy and Brian, you know, is he the best person to try find a head coach? Isn't it weird that Brian Gudekunst, the general manager, isn't the one who's going to be doing it? You better believe that Murphy and Gudekunst are going to be doing it together. There's going to be an awful lot of input there. And also this narrative of, you know, Aaron Rodgers is not going to be involved uh, and this thing, my door is always open. There's a difference between a public image and what's going on in private. I reckon they've had conversations. They know that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good conversation with this head coach. And ultimately what's going to happen is, is that yes, they're going to have the final say. And yes, they're men with egos. And yes, they're going to want to let Aaron Rodgers know that they're in charge and they're the boss. But at the same time, they want to make sure that the, the person that they've pumped 134 million into is happy with the decision with the head coach. It's someone that they can work with, someone they're excited to work with. And they're not going to have some sort of stagnant culture in there because he's going to be throwing his toys out of the pram because he got in someone who wasn't suited to him so i think that he will be involved he's not gonna you know be the judge and juror where he's gonna sit down and go that's the guy get him you know there's not gonna be any of that but you'd be silly to not involve him in the process and i think that's exactly what they will do and all of this talk as well of you know mark murphy's a businessman he's not a football he's not a footballer he doesn't know how it works he should be getting someone else in blah 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 he he's eminently qualified he was a player. He was on the Players Association. He knows that our mind works. Um, he's a you know he's a lawyer, and he's been with the Packers for an incredibly long time now. So he's as qualified as anybody else to be doing it. I just don't understand that narrative. He's a smart guy, and he's going to have the help of Gudikons, and he's going to have a recruitment firm as well. And as well as that, don't forget he can only get the best candidate available. Now, my dreamer head. Tom Brady goes to the Super Bowl, wins it, retires in glory. Bill Belichick wants a new project. He comes to Green Bay. I mean, that's how I see it working. But anyway, we won't get into head coaching prospects now. I'm going to play that Winston Moss rap. Enjoy it. And a little bit of housekeeping. So the Super Bowl party is likely going to be in London. Uh, we're just waiting to hear from a couple of parties, but just to sort of let the cat out of the bag. Um, just for... Uh, you know because we did our own last year so just to, for a central location just for this year we're probably going to be jumping in with the gridiron guys uh, with their party so that's where everyone's going to be so you know to, to get tickets to that party it's going to be just going to the gridiron website and just going through them um, and we're all going to sort of you know meet there and all the rest we're going to have our flag game as usual in regent's park and make a full day out of it so we've done it in the past and it's worked out absolutely great and then next season we've massive ambitions and massive plans um, to do an awful lot of meetups all around England, all around Ireland, and maybe even further afield, which is going to be fantastic. And of course, our annual trip. Um, I'd like to thank the people who have uh, signed up as patrons on Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. So if you donate a fiver a month, uh, we basically give your money back and more after six months by, by you know giving you a free t-shirt um, and the shipping as to wherever you are in the world. Um, and then if you choose to continue supporting us after that then uh, we really thank you and it allows us to do some great things also um, it's really time is running out now to get some UK Packers merch and sign stuff from the 1919 shop we've some really great signed items there you know Ron Wolf um, signed uh, photos and player signed photos and all the rest some really nice stuff there in 1919 shop so make sure you get in and gobble it up because the quantities are what they are once they're gone they're gone Um. So yeah, um, and we're on Spotify. So if you're an Android user and you listen to this on SoundCloud, you don't really like it or you're on iTunes or whatever you're on, uh, you can pop over to Spotify and follow us over there and never miss an episode um, as well. So I've been at NFL and I've tried to be more active on social media. Make sure you give me a follow and give me a chat. Let me know what you think of the podcast, whether you agree or don't agree. Um, I always love to have a nice old chin wag on Twitter. 
um, with people and make sure you follow the group at UK Packers. Follow the group on Facebook. Follow the group on Instagram. Yeah. So that's it. So anyway, over to you, Winston. Yo, my name is Winston Moss, and this is how we do. If you want to know what's wrong, then bro, I can't help you. I said 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 I can't help you. Yo, my name is Winston Moss, and this is how we do. If you want to know what's wrong, then bro, I can't help you. I said 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 I can't help you. Bro, it's a silent treat. Till the end of the season You will never find out, will they? Even if you go and keep, that's gonna be frequent Me mugger from the podium Report a salty like sodium Ask about Vince Beagle and Anderson But a XL throat shake keeps on Yo, my name is Winston Moss And this is how we do If you wanna know what's wrong Then bro, I can't help you I said 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 I can't help you Yo, my name is Winston Moss And this is how we do If you wanna know what's wrong Then bro, I can't help you I said 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 I can't help you, I I can't help you. Bro